Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Six PM. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Nice ball play. Now that was nice. Sexton and Garland. Love backing on Tucker. Turnaround shot from the baseline right on the mark. Good job by Kevin. He's keeping us going. Osmond lob. Porter. Pow! Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Great to be with you once again as yours truly, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, talk Cavaliers basketball, and we'll delve into some other topics as well. Jim, it took almost 12 months but we finally know who our NBA champions are for the 1920 season, meaning 2019-2020. We have to congratulate uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. Championship banner number 17 is going to be raised at the Staples Center. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I've got one of those banners up there, too. The 79 Lakers, uh, we won one, and then they really got good after I left him. You know, then they had McAdoo and a bunch of other guys. But uh, well-deserved, and if you consider the circumstances, an unbelievable effort by everyone that participated in the bubble. Well, I want to ask you about that because I think NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and really the entire hierarchy of the league and all of the teams that originally started in the bubble just deserve an extraordinary amount of credit Los Angeles is crowned as the champion last night, and yet throughout the entire process, not one, not one single solitary positive test for COVID. Yeah, and uh, and that's unheard of, but it is heard of now. The, the 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 whole thing started when as soon as someone tested positive, 
in the league. Uh, that was in March, right? Yes, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, within three days after that, they shut everything down. I mean, that kind of guts, leadership, foresight, whatever you want to call it, a scientific approach, that's what got us to the bubble because the NBA was relentless in their leadership efforts. And uh, they said, hey, we still have a chance to play if we can come together as players and management. And they did. And that's why they uh, finished out the season. But just a remarkable achievement down in Orlando. Jim, we thought week one was a really good show when you were able to land Norm Nixon as a guest. Boy, you've come up with another legend to uh, settle into the legends chair this week. You mentioned Bob McAdoo, who, of course, was a teammate of yours out in Los Angeles, had a great start to his career in Buffalo, where he was Rookie of the Year and MVP. Big Mac's going to join us. And then the voice of the Chicago Bulls, Chuck Swirsky's going to stop by and pay us a visit as well. I think we're going to have a lot of fun for a segment two of Cavs HQ tonight. I know we will, and I've got a lot of questions for Swirsky. You know, there's a lot of things I want to talk to him about, especially the way they've changed things up in Chicagoland. Yeah, Chicago, like the Cavs, uh, didn't get to the bubble, so uh, they reshaped things in this offseason. Billy Donovan, who, of course, had tremendous success uh, in OKC, will now be the head coach of the Bulls, so we'll talk to Chuck about that. And, yes, Jim, he has a history and some great stories with our great friend, Joe Tate. Oh, can't wait, babe. Can't, <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> yes, Chuck Swirsky. Right, and remember, it's still a family show now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Chuck, a legendary NBA broadcaster, was an intern for Joe Tate many, many years ago. So uh, we'll get into that with Chuck Swirsky. And again, Bob McAdoo, I must say, Jim, I was born up in western New York. Bob McAdoo was my guy when he played for the Buffalo Braves. So this is going to be a really cool interview for me. I had McAdoo posters all over my bedroom. (laughs) I wore number 11 when I played in honor of Bob. So we'll have a lot of fun. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, the aforementioned Bob McAdoo will join us on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. And yes, we've got a very special guest that has made his way into the Legends chair. And oh my, you talk about an NBA legend. In his 14-year playing career, this guy racked up some numbers that would take me an hour just to go through. But here's just a few. He was the 1973 Rookie of the Year, three-time scoring champion, 18,787 total points, five-time All-Star, was an MVP, 2,000 inductee into the NBA Hall of Fame, Bob McAdoo. Now, those are some legendary stats. Jim Jones, you're a Cavs legend, but, man, those are some big numbers. Yeah, you know, and the thing about Mac is that uh, is that whatever player they're looking for today, and I'm sure Mac will agree, they, 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 they talk about it in terms of analytics, Tim, 
and they're talking about a guy being at minimum 6'8", but preferably 6'10", to 7' foot tall, who can run the floor with the guards, who can shoot like a forward from, you know, from the wings and the baseline, but can guard four different positions. Well, this is the guy. This, this is the prototype for everyone who, who thinks they're good now and, uh, and they're in the league, like guys like Jalen Brown and Tatum. My, Bob McAdoo was the first, and uh, we, we've been personal friends for, oh, man, since when? Marquette? Marquette in North they, Carolina, uh, right, man? Pan, Pan American Games. Oh, my goodness. 1970, yes. was it 1971? 71 or 72? Was that 71? 71. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bob and I were friends. In fact, no one knew about Bob. You know, they were talking about Jim Jones from Marquette and a bunch of Phil Chenier and a whole bunch of the other old, guys. Phil Walton. Uh, yeah, and then the first game, what'd you get? Thirty-five, forty. The first scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob, Bob, and, uh, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the NBA Finals. I mean, it, they just concluded. Uh, your former team, uh, where you won an NBA title, the Los Angeles Lakers, get banner number seventeen, as Jim and I talked about in our open. But of course. Uh, your longtime employer now, the Miami Heat, had a great yeah. run. Uh, just yeah. your thoughts on the way the finals shaped out and, of course, uh, the way the NBA was able to handle everything within the bubble. Well, you got you got to commend the NBA because, uh, you know, those guys were there for three months and not a single COVID-19 case. You know, it's just, it's just amazing that they were able to pull that out, pull that off. And uh, but going to the game, you know, I, I'm so proud of those Heat guys. I mean, they, they they really overachieved. You know, they were the underdogs in every series. You know, against Indiana, against Milwaukee for sure, and uh, Boston Celtics, and they they came out of the East. I mean, they got fantastic performances by uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, Adebayo, Robinson, Hero. I mean, they they Dragic. You know, I, I was just, I was sad that uh, Gorn wasn't able to play in the championship because his uh, plantar injury on his foot. But you know, they 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 did well. Everybody is proud of them in the organization. The city is proud of them. They 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 did well for themselves. Now, Mac, I know that that. Uh... You were on the bench for years, all those championship years, uh, in in this round of uh, Heat greatness. But Mac, you also did some scouting. Now, how do you guys get a kid like Hero and get a kid like Robinson? Really? <laughs> you know, what's the profile? Well, what's yeah, the profile, you know, man? You know, scouting. You know, scouting is not an exact science. Uh, you you got to also put Bam at a bio. And Kendrick oh, Nunn right. in there too. That's right. That's right. Remember Kendrick yeah. Nunn. Kendrick Nunn started for us the majority of the year. Uh, he he made I think he made first team uh, all rookie. Or came in second or third in rookie of the year. You know he he was off the radar also. Uh, Bam, when you look at Bam, he's handling the ball for us. He's making shots. He's making free throws. When you looked at him at Kentucky, they never, the only time they threw him the ball was on a lob. 
Right. You know, uh, Tyler, Tyler Hero, I mean, he he could score, but they, I mean, just look, he only averaged about 14 points at Kentucky. He's averaging more than that in the pros, in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. I, I remember a commentator, a commentator made a, a, a point. He said, when you look at the Miami Heat, if you look at Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, if they were drafted today, they would be top three picks. Yeah. You know, and for us, yeah. they were like they were like the 13th and 14th pick, I think. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, who wasn't drafted at all, if you look at him, he'd have been in the first round for sure, and he wasn't. Yeah. And you the know, crazy thing uh, about Robinson, Nunn is that Robinson, Robinson played at a Division three school and ended up transferring to Michigan. And we pulled we pulled him out of the G League. You know, I, I think I think what the Miami Heat do they uh they in the development they develop players. I see. That's what we've been good at is developing players. Hey Bob, I wanted to ask you. You played with Magic. You've been around the game so many years. You've seen all the great players, but. Talk a moment or two about Jimmy Butler because I think this really exposed Jimmy as the special player, the elite player that he is. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy liked our culture, which is a culture of work. You know, he, he got around a lot of like-minded players, uh, coaches, organization, and he was able to thrive in that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, uh, they had the same situation for him in Chicago or Minnesota or Philly, but he just, he, he was our leader and uh, the young guys just, he just took, he took them under his wings and he just put all the pressure on himself and he, he just thrived in that type of uh, situation. It was amazing to watch him play, no doubt about it. And what a fine future he has in Miami. Again, we're talking with Bob McAdoo, NBA legend, as he joins us on Cavs HQ. We'll take a quick timeout, and when we come back, we'll hear a lot more from this unbelievable NBA star. Bob McAdoo, more with him right after this on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. And, of course, we are joined by one of the all-time greats in the NBA, Hall of Famer Bob McAdoo, whose former teammate will take it from here. Jim? Yeah, Mac, you know, one of the things, you know, we really appreciate you giving your insights into into this crazy game called basketball. But, Mac, uh you told me uh, one time that the greatest compliment ever given to you was by the great man himself, Bill Russell. And Russell said on air that you're the greatest shooter that he had ever seen. And I have to agree. I played with you in Pan Ams. I used to try, well, they called it guarding you, but we were matched up. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I remember one time we got to the locker room and somebody looked over me and said, damn Jones, you held him to 17 points in the first half. 
I said, 17 points in the first half. He could have gotten more, but he got in foul trouble. And then I think you went into the game with 40-something. But 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 you and I, our rivalry goes back to the ABA. Remember when I was playing with Carolina and you would come home in the summer and we'd play, race, yeah. fight, yeah, I wrestle? <laughs> I remember that. We we even went out in the parking lot. We, we were so competitive. We went out in the parking lot to even see who was the fastest. And I think and raced. We, we did a 50-yard race, and we kind of tied. And that's what shocked me. I said, damn, I didn't know Jim was that fast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what, Mac? But you know what, Mac? You know, you, you've always been gracious. But you are the greatest shooter I've ever seen. And I've seen quite a few in my years, and I know you have too. And I know you don't toot your own horn, but, but I will. You know, 6'10". Weighed about 230, playing center against then when they could hold you, grab you, and you were at least 25 points a night, at least 12 to 15 rebounds a night, at least two blocked shots. And I think that's probably why, Mac, when people look back and they, and they look at you and they say, well, wait a minute, there was a guy who, who was a traditional forward that we had him play center with Jack Ramsey, and he dominated. The question is, can we do that game today? And when we talk about players today, I have yet to hear any of them say, well, you know, I'm Bob McAdoo is the guy that we pattern ourselves after because they don't have a clue. But, Mac, you were impossible to stop. Those Boston Celtics games when you couldn't get a foul and they were beating the heck out of you and you still gave Dave Cowens 30 and 35. And, Tim, this is what he'd do. After he give Cowens 30 or 35 and about 18, 20 rebounds, he would call me that night or the next day, Jim, don't y'all play the Celtics? I said, yeah. He said, Jim, you got to at least get 25. Jim, <laughs> <laughs> Jim, oh, you, you put too much weight on me. I, wasn't, I didn't get 230 till I went to Italy. Remember, I was playing, I was playing at 215 and 220. That's right. I was I yeah. was light in the pants. That's probably why I was able to beat everybody up and down the court. And you know what, Mac? But we never. But my, Mac, we didn't talk about Italy. I forgot Italy. You played yeah, for you who? Yeah, you got Italy. Yeah, Italy. Italy. You got it. You got to add that on to my career too. I I got two Euroleague championships in uh, Italy too. That was that was fun. Also winning over there. Hey, uh, Bob. I wanted to jump in real quick. Is there? An NBA player that at least reminds you of the type of game you played? I'd have to say Kevin Durant. You know, Kevin yep. Durant is, yeah. yep. is probably the closest that I've yep. seen. I mean, you see Dirk Nowitzki shooting from the outside. Those are those are the two guys that kind of remind me more of myself uh, when I played. And Jim, I got you. You put up these numbers. I, you know, I'm an old man now. I got to toot my horn. You talking about thirty, man? I gave Dave Cowens fifty. <laughs> All right, no, I, I gave I'm... him. It was forty and fifties. I when I played the Boston Celtics, I had red in my eyes. I wanted to kill them. <laughs> yeah, I hear well, you. I told Jim before we got started here, and Bob, I, I referenced with you as well that I was born in upstate New York. I was a yeah. huge Buffalo Braves fan, and Mac, you were my guy. I had yeah. the posters of you in the bedroom. I wore number 11 when I played basketball in high school. Those Brave Celtic series were just legendary. But Fantastic. you lit you lit up Washington 
for about 50 plus in a playoff game as well. I can yeah. still I can still hear Oscar Robertson saying, "Big Max heating up." And you were yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, that was that was West Unsell and 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 Elvin Hayes. Elvin, I used Elvin, to, yeah. We, I used to get I used to get them to business too. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're joined by Bob McAdoo, NBA legend, and yes, let us not forget his European career when he was over in Italy. Uh, Bob, you're still associated with the Heat, correct? Uh, you're still with the yes, organization. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm still I'm still scouting with the Heat. I I uh, coach for 19, and they've had me out scouting for them right now. So I I get I get some of the credit of this team that they put on the floor for this championship series. <laughs> some of it, yes. Hey, we got about a minute left, but Bob, real quick. Talk about Eric Spolstra. You sat on the bench with him for many years. I think he's kind of underrated as a coach because everybody says, well, he always has talent. But just talk about Eric Spolstra as a head coach. Well, he's, uh, you know, he's learned, he's, learned, he's learned from the best. You know, he, he sat over there with Pat Riley, and, uh, you know, Pat gave him the job, and he's, he's learned being in that spot. I mean, he's, he's, the, he's, a, he's a player's coach. The players love him. Uh, he's very thorough, just like Pat. And, uh, you know, he's, he's been successful. Of course, he had the talent with the big three, but, you know, you can mess up talent also, something that he didn't do. Great point. Jimmy, got about 30 seconds. Any final thoughts with your buddy? Yeah, well, Mac, you've had some great coaches. You know, you've had Peterson over in Italy. You've had Pat Riley, and you've had the great Dean Smith. Uh, yeah. Out of all those coaches, Mac, you know, which one uh, really stands out to you? Which one really stands out? I, I, I think probably Dean, Dean Smith at North Carolina. Yeah. You know, Dean Smith was a uh, perfectionist. You know, uh, he, ne- he rarely ever raised his voice. I never heard him curse. Uh, in tight game situations, is where he was the calmest. He'd come, he'd come over to the huddle, and we might be down one or up one, and he'd come over there and he'd be smiling, and he's like, "This is what we're gonna do." With like say like ten seconds left in the game, Bob's gonna make these two free throws to put us up. I mean, he was just so in control of himself. In tight wow. game situations, that 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 really impressed me about him, and he was he was just a hell of a man, you know, Dean Smith. Yep. He was he was like a second father to all of us. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. All righty, we got to wrap this up, Bob. This has been such a treat. Uh, we thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing your memories and your stories with us. This was awesome. Congratulations right, on hey, your remarkable hey, career. Hey, thank, thank you. Bob. Thank, Thanks for thanks for having me. You know, I mean, I I do anything for my boy Big Jim. I appreciate it, boy. Thank you. <laughs> I'll talk stuff. to you later. All right. Okay then. Bob All McAdoo right. settling you. in the Legends chair here on Cavs HQ. We're coming back for more right after this. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver and WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert highlight a list of speakers slated to participate in the free Team Up for Change 
virtual summit on racial equality and social justice, co-hosted by the Cavaliers along with eight other NBA and WNBA teams on Wednesday, October 21st. Beginning the following day, the Cavs will also host a week of daily engagement sessions through Wednesday, October 28th. The Cavs-led local activations will culminate with a community discussion featuring Emmanuel Acho, former Browns linebacker, current analyst for Fox Sports, and host of the popular video series, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, on the 28th. In addition to special guests such as Silver and Engelbert, attendees will also hear from Cavs GM Kobe Altman, head coach J.B. Bickerstaff, and CEO Len Kamrowski. The summit will stream on all participating teams' digital channels. Cavs in the Community, brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with the second half of Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, and again, a huge thanks to our very first guest tonight, Bob McAdoo. Boy, that was a lot of fun to talk with Big Mac. Jim Jones lined that one up, and so, Jim, thanks to you as well. Now, Jim knows a lot of legends in the NBA. He's got a black book that's like war and peace. He knows everybody. (laughs) Uh, I know a few broadcasters, so I thought, man, I can't let Jim do all the work here. So uh, let's get a broadcaster in the NBA to join us as well, and this is one of the very, very best. Uh, We are honored to have Chuck Swirsky, the radio voice of the Chicago Bulls, stopping by to pay us a visit. Chuck, again, uh, he's legendary in his own right as far as his NBA career is concerned. Chuck, great to have you on Cavs HQ. Uh, Jim and I are appreciative of you stopping by and paying us a visit. How are things in Chicago? This is Joe Tate. (laughs) Now, listen, we teased your appearance earlier in the show by saying you've got this history with our great friend, all three of us, Joe Tate. So, uh, and I understand that you do a remarkable imitation of Joe. This is Joe Tate. Jim Jones, whammo! (laughs) Okay, so anyway, it's good to be with you guys. Joe, I love you if you're listening and um, so, Tim, Jim, good to be with you. Thank you. And you actually yes. interned under Joe, correct? I, I did. I actually talked myself into an internship with the old WWWE, 3WE, um, and that was a long time ago. I'm dating myself, but that was in 1974. And uh, I went into a, uh, the Embrasures. They had, they had the brothers were running the radio station and a program right. director by the name of Joe Restifo. And I remember I walked in, and I said, yeah, I'd really like an internship. I'm, I'm a student at Ohio University. Would love to work in your sports department. You know, I, I, I know Joe Tate through the phone and Steve Albert, Pete Franklin. You know, I've spoken to him, and here I am. Joe Restifo looks at me and says, okay, so, like, what, what do you plan on doing? I said, I'll do anything. And so they paid me $2 an hour. (laughs) And the next summer I came back to work at 3WE. I did such a fine job, they took the money away. (laughs) But but it was a great internship going to the ballpark uh, with the Indians. And then, then of course, with the um, basketball, Bill Fitch was awesome. And a PR director by the name of Eddie Cohen. And they were – That's right. 
outstanding right. to a 20 year old kid. That's very cool. That's a great story. It's a typical radio story about working for free, though, Chuck. <laughs> well, you, you know what? Honestly, I, I actually paid them because I, I had to pay for parking. And oh I will say this, and I loved working under Pete. And when the Indians were on the road and we had that three-hour block of time where unless there was a rain delay, there was just, you know, basically listening to Joe and Herb, which was fantastic. But sometimes we go to, to dinner, and, and Pete always picked up the bill. Never, ever, ever did I pay for dinner. Well, that's pretty cool. Again, we're talking to and Chuck Swirsky. Go ahead. If we did, we'd be going to Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, the voice of the Chicago Bulls, and of course, uh, as he mentioned, the, the, those Ohio roots run pretty deep. But Chuck, uh, let's transition back to Chicago. Uh, like the Cavs, uh, the Bulls weren't in Orlando. They were part of the uh, Delete Eight, per se. So uh, the Bulls, though, underwent a transformation during the offseason. New front office, new head coach and Billy Donovan. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, it, it, it came to the point, and I and I think the Reinsdorfs, uh, Jerry is the chairman, Michael is really the president and doing the day-to-day operations and doing a fine job. And I think they got to the point where they really had to do some um, some some work with this basketball team and where they're going and where they want to go, more importantly. And listen, Jim Boylan, like a lot of coaches in this league, are so passionate and put so many hours in to their craft. But, you know, it wasn't working, and the front office, you know, needed some fresh ideas. And so they brought in Arturis Kanishevis from the Denver organization, and he had experience with Houston along with the league office, played college ball at Seton Hall. And then they brought in Mark Eversley, who I was very familiar with from my time in Toronto. Brian Colangelo brought him to the Raptors, and then he, um, you know, was with Washington and Philadelphia as well. So the front office was set. And then Billy Donovan became available, and they said, you know what, we we got to get a you know a, really a lock in on him because he's going to be talking with a number of teams, and the Bulls were very proactive. So I'm excited. You know, Chuck, one of the things uh, when I think about, uh, I don't think people really understand, but I think uh, most most people don't understand, but I know Chicagoans do. They're spoiled. I mean, what Michael Jordan did in those great years that he was with your franchise and then for this team to, you know, barely play 500 ball, if, if 500 for all these years, uh, give us an idea of what it was like when Michael was there and then give us an idea of what it's like, uh, up until getting Donovan, who's got to be a gem to get. Yeah. Well, Jim, you played obviously at the old Chicago stadium, and that place mm. rocked, and I'm talking rocked. And then the United Center came around, and, and that was really the the house that Michael built because, you know, Michael was incredible, as we all know. And, and that happened in 1994, and, uh, you know, they won three championships, and then Jordan retired for the, you know, second time. And so what they went through is a period of transition, and it was not pretty. And then the Bulls won the lottery in 2008 and selected Derrick Rose. And it looked like this club was on the verge of doing some remarkable things until Rose suffered the ACL. And it set yeah. back this team and this franchise 
in many, many ways. So now they're still in a period where they're trying to figure things out. And I think this franchise will figure it out because I think with this front office and with this coaching staff now, they're going to get everyone on the same page. But, you know, they, they as you know, guys, they went through different mindsets after Rose went down because they had built a team for Derek. And then they lost the catalyst. You know, in one year they wanted to, you know, they wanted to fly up and down the floor. Then the next year, hey, we got a chance to get Dwayne Wade and we're going to bring in Rondo and we're going to go with Butler, Wade, and Rondo. And, you know, the Bulls were up 2 nothing in the series against Boston. Rondo breaks his hand and Boston comes out to win, you know, four straight. So, you know, a lot of things went into this. But, you know, you have to think optimistically and more importantly, you look at the track record of the people they're bringing in, and it's very, very impressive. Again, we're talking with Chuck Swirsky. He's the voice of the Chicago Bulls. He's joining us on Cavs HQ. Quick timeout. When we continue, we'll have more from Chuck. So stay with us on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones, and again, a special guest joining us tonight as the voice of the Chicago Bulls, Chuck Swirsky, stops by to pay us a visit. And Chuck, in the previous segment, uh, you mentioned Jimmy Butler, and of course, uh, he comes up on the short end in the NBA Finals against the Lakers. But boy, he really showed uh, the country and the world how special a player he is, how elite uh, when you had him uh, when he was in Chicago, uh, did you foresee this type of greatness? Well, let's see. I'm trying to think. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Where did he go to school? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Marquette. Oh, excuse oh. me. Marquette. Oh. <laughs> we got to get Marquette you yeah. know, some props. Um, yeah, why but not? But anyway, listen. No, no, one, no one. He was drafted 30th. And so – you know, hey, listen, more power to him. He's, you know, he's, he was hardworking from day one. He had veterans around him that really took him under his wing. Luol Dang, Ronnie Brewer. I mean, these, these are pros. These are professional players that shared every bit of knowledge they could with him. And to his credit, he got in the gym and he worked on his game, period. And then Tibbs came around and they were joined at the hip. The same mindset philosophy, getting after it, you know, let's, let's get in the gym early and, you know, things clicked and, you know, the bulls were at a point where they had to make decisions that they had gone as far as they could and they had to change it up. And they made a deal with Minnesota, as you know, for some pretty good ball players. And, you know, Lowry marketing, I think is going to be a better ball player. In fact, I think he's going to actually have a breakout year playing for Donovan this season. Yep. And Zach Levine, who was on the cusp of being an all-star. And Chris Dunn, who, you know, is a very tenacious player, defensively especially. So it wasn't like the Bulls got nothing in return. Um, But no one, no one saw this happening. I mean, you know, we saw that he was molding into an all-star player, which he was. But being now on the biggest stage in an NBA Finals to see what he did against the Lakers – was mind-blowing it really was Jim you know one of the things you know when uh, you talk about Chicago 
you know, you always have to talk about the uh, Chicago Bears first. Uh, well, at least to one side of town. And then on the other side of town, you're talking about the Blackhawks. Uh, but this Bulls franchise is something that the league has been waiting for them to redeem themselves. I mean, the fanfare, the media, uh, one of the top five largest cities in our country, you know, they need Chicago to be good Chicago again. And I'm telling you, I, there's something about their coach that I like, and I think it's his ability to coach guard play. And I always thought that if you're going to win in our league, you got to have excellent guard play. Zach Levine is uh, is uh, an all-star in my mind every time he steps on the floor because you have to count for him all through the game. Go back in my demographic in the in the Bulls building process of this franchise that is, you know, over 50 years old. We're yep. dealing with players that you were in a battle every night. I mean, you went up against Norm Van Leer, Jerry Sloan in the backcourt. Then you had yep. to take on Chet Walker and Bob yeah. Butterbean Love, along with Tom Borwinkle. I, I mean, remember. I had you know, to guard him. You, you had to take Jim, you know what? I think that is one of the best NBA teams that never reached the finals. I and, agree. I mean, they epitomize what Chicago is all about. And so you went through the Jordan period, and they got spoiled. I mean, they won six championships in an eight-year period. And so now you look at the big picture here for the Bulls post-Rose, and listen, they've got some nice young players. I'm not sure um, as far as what their upside is because we haven't seen a lot of them. Jim, how many times you and Tim have done a game with the Bulls and half our clubs out with injuries? Right. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to having hopefully a healthy roster whenever we're going to play again, a healthy roster to see these players that have so much talent and potential get on the floor. And then we can find out whether or not, you know, do they mesh? Is the chemistry there? When, you know, has someone hit a ceiling? What, what can we see in a different offense? Uh, Because I do agree with you, Jim. I think Billy Donovan is a guy. In fact, I thought of the five years he was Oklahoma city, I thought his fifth and final season this past year was one of the best coaching jobs I've seen him do um, at the NBA level with Oklahoma City. Um, Obviously, he was a tremendous coach of Florida. But I'm talking about what he got out of that OKC team was amazing. Chuck, we got about a minute left, but I did want to ask you, uh, you, meaning you, the Bulls, the Bulls were in the same scenario as the Cavs. They didn't go to Orlando. Now, JB and the staff were able to get the guys in the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse for a, a mini-bubble, some workouts. I know Billy didn't have the opportunity to do that. So this long layoff between just playing basketball, how do you anticipate that affecting this Bulls roster and this Bulls team? Well, Tim, you know what? I, I think there's some validity to what you're saying. I mean, obviously, I think if you probably pull all eight teams they would like to have been in Orlando as well and I get it you know what you're gonna have to make tough decisions and Adam Silver did a magnificent job an awesome job um and then you know you you were able to have like a, a mini you know training camp two weeks three weeks whatever it was so I'm expecting now with this layoff I mean you know you get back in the gym and hopefully the players will have some own personal accountability and responsibility and we'll go from there. But I, I, you know, I I just want everyone to be safe and be healthy and the rest will take care of itself. Absolutely. 
Chuck, again, we can't thank you enough for coming on. And uh, personally, I want to thank you. You were so warm and gracious to me in my first year as an NBA play-by-play guy. It meant so much to me. And uh, let's hope this is the first of many conversations. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. (laughs) Oh, my, what an appropriate way for Chuck to wrap that up. Chuck Swirsky, the voice of the Chicago Bulls, joining us on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. We'll be back. We'll wrap it all up right after this. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams, Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. Huge thanks, of course, to Marty Allen and Kirk McLaughlin on the other side of the window, Leo Simone as well. And Jim, a huge thanks again to our two guests. Well, that was outstanding earlier in the show, Bob McAdoo and Chuck Swirsky, the radio voice of the Chicago Bulls. Now, now that they're not with us, Jim, What's your best? What's your What's your best Bob McAdoo story? You guys sound like you really had some good times together. Yeah, we did. The thing about Mac, we were best friends for years. He would he would drive down Tim with the wife and kids from Buffalo, and uh, I had a little apartment right off Rockside Road, and I had these great big studio speakers that were about four feet high. <laughs> and about a foot and a half wide, and they were the kind that you really needed in a recording studio. And we would come in the house, me, him, and my wife and his wife, and we would play, and then everybody was dancing like almost like a boogaloo. I don't know what we were doing. What was that called, and we Jim? Would dance. A we boogaloo? would dance. Yeah, <laughs> we would dance for at least an hour straight, almost like aerobics. Doing the boogaloo? We sweating. Yeah, me, Bob McAdoo, my wife, and his wife. And then we'd go eat, and then they would drive back up to Buffalo. But uh, but uh, but uh, Bob and I started out together. We were in the Pan Am games. We stayed in touch, and he said, hey, man, I'm turning pro. I said, well, if you turn pro, I know I'm good enough. And so I turned, and another gentleman by the name of uh, Brian Taylor, we were all on that Pan Am team, and we all turned pro that year. Wow, that's a great story. That's a long way to drive, though, to do a boogaloo. When you're driving from Buffalo to Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's my Chuck Swirsky story. We mentioned that uh, he interned under Joe Tate, but not just at the radio station. Joe actually had him out to the house to do yard work. Young man, you're, you're an intern. You do whatever I ask you to do. So he brings Chuck down to the house, and he has Chuck hanging gutter covers. You know, oh you don't want all goodness. that stuff getting in your gutters. Well, right. Chuck absolutely butchered the job. There was <laughs> – he absolutely destroyed Joe Tate's gutters, and there was stuff coming all over the roof and all over the yard. Well, maybe it's better that he's not on now. <laughs> so, uh, and again, as I said to Chuck as we were wrapping up, uh, he was so gracious to me in uh, my first year doing NBA play-by-play and yeah. uh, one of the greats. And as he said, uh, for all you OU Bobcats out there, uh, he's a proud Ohio University grad. Yes, so, he is. Yes, he is. Very cool. All right, Jim, any final thoughts? We really didn't get into the NBA Finals, but uh, again, that Laker – Championship number 17. Oh, boy, what, right. what a well, remarkable tradition. Yeah, it, it is. And I was a part of it for two seasons. 
And uh, there is a culture out there. Expectations are high. You have to deal with the pressure of winning every night. And uh, the thing about it, man, is that uh, it, it was just a different world. You know, everybody sat in first class. I wasn't used to that. <laughs> uh, we And we stayed at different hotels, better hotels than uh, than uh, the quality inns that we used to sit in when I was with Cleveland uh, in, in uh, the old days. But... But the thing about L.A. and the thing about the Heat is where Cleveland is trying to go now. They're trying to build a tradition. Uh, development, as you know, Tim, is a fundamental part of what of uh, our focus is as a young Cavalier team. And that's the only way you get there. you got to have the right people. Coach Bickerstaff and his staff are the right people. Kobe Altman is the right guy. And we got a draft coming up, Tim, and I know we'll be talking about that pretty soon. But the Cavaliers are doing what they're supposed to do, and they built some momentum going five and six down the stretch before the virus. I mean, they're on the right path. Absolutely. All right, Jim, thanks to you. Thanks to everybody in Cav Studio Control. Biggest thanks to you, the listeners. We'll talk to you again soon. This is Tim Elkhorn saying thanks for listening to Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. And so long, everybody.